Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com. Hey, Light Church, uh, welcome to our Good Friday service. Um, hopefully, this has been uh, a week uh, leading up to this day where we've been able to. Uh, kind of focus in our heart and attention onto the loving sacrifice that Jesus made. Uh, This Friday, every year as it comes around, uh, carries with it this this dual sense of both gladness and thankfulness for what God has done. And it also brings forth sorrow as we reflect on not only the devastation of the cross, but the cause of that devastation, which I'm a part of, we're all a part of. And so I wanted to just take a few minutes um, just to draw our focus and attention on to that loving sacrifice that Jesus made 2,000 years ago. And uh, this story really um, kind of hit home for me this week. I was praying, I was like, God, I, I don't want to go about this week without this hitting me at a core level. And um, like all of you, I've been starting to severely miss relationships and friendships. And a few days ago, I ran into a friend from afar, and I was immediately compelled to just want to go and embrace my friend. I just hadn't seen him in so long. He's one of my nearest and dearest friends. And as I, as I see him, I'm struck with this, this sadness of like, oh, I can't embrace you. I can't hug you because of this virus, because of this thing that we're all working together to try and protect. And it, just, it was just so odd. And as I get in my car and I'm driving home, um, I just was kind of processing that and thinking that. And the Lord reminded me that that same sensation I had of, oh, I wish I could be with my friend in the fullest sense of the word. God has that same desire for us. Now, it stands between God and us is not a virus. It's not uh, something physical, um, but it's something um, that is even uh, greater in its sense of tragedy and loss, and that is sin. And that's what entered into the story. And in that moment, our relationship with God on one level changed, and on on another level it didn't. God's love never wavered. God's love never stopped. But this distance we felt between our relationship with God was put into motion. And as God looked at that distance, that he felt from us, he took it upon himself to rid us of that distance, to draw us back into what the Bible calls reconciliation, reuniting with our relationship with God. And the way that he did this was by defeating that divide, was he had to become that divide. I want to read you a couple of scriptures. The first is 2 Corinthians 5 21. It says, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to think about this. He's talking about Jesus. 
Jesus became sin. He became the problem so that at the cross, that sin, that problem, that distancing could be extinguished. And by doing that, it was the loss of his life so that you and I could be reunited with our heavenly father. Paul also writes in Galatians chapter 3, 13, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So here are these two verses, that Jesus became sin for us. He became the curse for us. He actually embodied that thing that was distancing us from God, and in so doing that was able to take all of that distance, all of that punishment upon himself so that we could be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And it was in that moment, the greatest act of love, which is why the cross is to this day the greatest symbol of love the world has ever seen. Because the depth of love is always equated to the depth of sacrifice. You know this to be true, um, whether you read a fairy tale to your children, whether you're watching a new film on Netflix, or whether you're just proposing to your fiance, the sacrifice in which you put forth in that relationship defines the depth of love. And Jesus, in the moment on Calvary, created the most explicit vision of love the world has ever seen. And that's why tonight is good. Tonight is when we see love activated in a way that costs Jesus everything and we gain everything. Uh, two themes this week as I've been reading the story again and again of the cross. Number one is the humility of Jesus on the cross. And secondly is the hope of Jesus on the cross. So I want to read you John chapter 19 starting in verse 16. And as I read this, I would encourage you just to maybe just take a breath. If you've heard this story before, please don't let it just kind of glaze over you or just run right past you. Let's let these words sit with us. It says, So they took Jesus and went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which is in Aramaic called Golgotha. There they crucified him with two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote on the inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic and in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, don't write the King of the Jews, but rather this man said, I'm the King of the Jews. But Pilate, Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for the soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it and see who it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them for, for my clothing, they cast lots. The soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were the mother and the mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, 
Behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And so what we see in this moment, um, I mean, are layers of things. So just two things we're going to focus on. Number one is the humility of Jesus. Now, in this story, we see the humiliation of Jesus as a man um, over his cross king of the Jews as a pure mockery to him, beaten and battered, um, laying up there in the outskirts of the city, completely unrobed. And in that moment, what John is describing here is an absolute humiliation. But that humiliation was actually humility on on um, on a part of the king of the universe. And one of the things that I've, I've just become to think about every year as this comes around is that the God of the universe who created the tree that he would hang on, he created the human beings who hung among the, on the tree. He created the metal that was turned into nails that had him stuck up on things. Everything that was used for his death, he at one time had created. And in his humility, took on the humiliation that that brought. And in this place, we see love. We see this incredible sacrifice of love. And, and one thing I wanted to point out about this passage, and the reason I wanted to read out of John, is not only because we've been going through the book of John, is because John is the only disciple who's an eyewitness at the cross. He's the only one there with, with Jesus' mother, um, his mother's sister, Mary Magdalene, and he's there. He's watching this happen, and the things that he's describing um, are just absolutely unbearable for him. And you can imagine this as he's rewriting this and what that would have evoked in him. And that's left him with that. And I think for us is to remember that the humility that Jesus brought is, is an invitation of a hand from heaven sweeping low, inviting us to come and join him back into relationship with us. We can never get high enough, righteous enough to come back to him. He came to us. Uh, St. Augustine said, Man's maker was made man, that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, that the truth might be accursed, a false witness, the teacher be beaten with whips, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life might die. Uh, This is what we find Jesus on the cross. But it doesn't just display humility as Jesus took on that humiliation. The cross also speaks of hope. And I don't know about you, but I could use all the hope I can get right now um, in a world that is trying to convince us to live in fear. This Friday is a time for us to remember that there is nothing in this life that is greater than the love that Jesus displayed on the cross. We see here in this moment two things happening, which I think are, are are so profound. Jesus at this moment, as he's become sin, he's become the curse, he's not only defeating our own personal sin, which is a part of it, but there is a cosmic 
battle that is going on. And the cross is the defeating blow of not only my personal sin that he's atoning for, but darkness and sin and hell and death and the grave. This is the marker, the, de- the definitive blow that's saying that all of those things will come to an end. That the moment that the cross happened, we now have hope in our hearts that even though we may still be in the battle, that the war was decisively won at the cross. I want to read you this quote from N.T. Wright. This is just... As evil is more than the sum total of individual acts of wrongdoing, so Jesus' victory over evil is more than the sum total of subsequent individual acts of selfless love. Christian faith, faith in the crucified Jesus, is more than my individual belief that he died for me. Vital thought that that is. It is a faith that on the cross, Jesus in principle won the victory over sin, violence, pride, arrogance, and even death itself, and that that victory can now be implemented. This faith refuses to accept that violence, darkness, greed, and pride are unchallengeable. This faith will go to work to challenge the subvert the destructive forces in ourselves, in our local communities, in our world, in the belief, and albeit often in the teeth of the evidence that they have been defeated and that the power of God's love is stronger than they are. I mean, what great news that there's nothing in this world, as dark as it may seem, as bleak as it may feel, that can be as strong as the love of God displayed on the cross. But here's the amazing thing in that moment as a cosmic battle is being won on behalf of Jesus. Is in this moment where this massive battle is being won, Jesus also is extending care to his mother. That there's this personal individualized care being extended to his mom via John the Beloved, the apostle, and he's welcoming them together in this cross. I mean, can you imagine that? You would think in that moment, like, hey, just a minute, I'm saving the entire planet. It's like, no, there's still enough love within me that I can extend that to make sure that there's personal, compassionate care. So if you're watching this, and the, and the hope that I'm talking about seems so big, maybe too big. Would you just know tonight, whenever you're watching this, that God's love, as large as it is, is also specific. It's for you. It can find you where you are, and it invites you into the wholeness that he has for you. And he invites us back into love. Last quote by Philip Yancey says this, To some, the image of a pale body glimmering on a dark night whispers of defeat. But another sound can be heard, the shout of a God crying out to human beings, I love you. Love was compressed for all history in that lonely figure on the cross. So here's what I'd love for you to do. I would encourage you, whether you're with a roommate, uh, if you're with your family, even if you're by yourself, if you have some grape juice or some bread or wine, if you, if you don't have those elements, even go and find something similar. Um, would you break bread tonight? Would you f- dip it in the cup? Would you remember that the blood of Jesus that was shed 
was the ultimate act of love. The body that was broken was his extension of himself to you so that in his brokenness, you could be made whole. In his sacrifice, you could be redeemed and brought back into relationship with God. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we're thankful tonight um, for the hope of the cross. God, that through your humility, victory was won. Lord, that there is nothing that is going on in our world right now that is greater than the love that was displayed 2,000 years ago and is ex- still extended to us. And God, thank you that at a cosmic level, when, when death itself was given its definitive blow, Lord Jesus, you still within your love have an ability to extend your hand in a specific, intimate way. Would every person watching this sense that tonight? Would they sense your love extended to them? Lord, and I pray that they would also sense the hope in their heart, Lord Jesus, that the cross has the final word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com.